and welcome to Miss Bossy Boots, keeping it real for women in business. My name is Stacey Morgan. I'm the principal of Port Macquarie Performing Arts. And if you want to find more about me, you can find me at simplystacymorgan.com. How do you feel about that, Jane? Oh, Stace, I'm still with my initial thoughts about that. I still believe there is absolutely nothing simple about you. I think you're completely the opposite. But you, um, you obviously have the right to call your brand whatever you like and feel comfortable with. So if you're comfortable with it, go for it. Well, I was just trying to find something that was consistent across all of the platforms. And there's so many Stacey Morgans out there so that I've learned. But I'm the only simply Stacey Morgan. So there that's we go. me. That's where you that's- can find me. Jane Hilsden is my co-host. She's the Managing Director of Dragonfly Marketing. She's in charge of her own brand and can do whatever she wants. How are you, Jane? <laughs> Fabulous. I'm very well. Thanks, Stacey. And uh, take us through your favourite things for this morning. Oh, for this morning, we're recording this in a time where there's a lot of unknown out there and there's a lot of um, anxiety and uneasiness with our current climate and what's going on. But I have found some silver linings that are my favourite things for this week. For, For example, Chris Martin from Coldplay doing a whole set from his, you know, piano in his what looked like his living room, I guess playing all the old Coldplay classics, including Yellow, which is 20 years old. Talk about wanting to make me feel old. So that's been a highlight. I did a tap class with my tap teacher from New York the other day in my kitchen, which normally I can only take class with her when I'm in New York. So out of this, you know, out of all this craziness has been a couple of little, um, little gems, which I've really enjoyed. That's my favourite thing for the week. Oh, yay. Well, that sounds fantastic. I, um, I've just been madly recalling my favourite things because, of course, I think of all of my favourite things, but it's while I'm driving in the car, you know, or sitting on the loo or doing something where I can't actually <laughs> document them. And then, of course, I get to this point in the podcast record where I go, ah, where are they again? And because we've recorded a couple of episodes today, I've, I've recalled the couple that um, I thought of. Um, so I'm going to throw to to our guest who we will introduce very, very uh, shortly in full. But Susie Barnaby joins us from Morgan's Financial in Port Macquarie. She's a financial advisor. Can't wait to get stuck into the conversation with you today, Susie. What's your favourite thing? Oh, Jane, at the moment, what I am very into is an app called Keep It Cleaner. Have you heard of the Keep It Cleaner community? No. Tell me all about it. Yeah. No. So it's two girls in their 20s who think they were personal trainers, uh, nutritionists, etc. and they have an app called Keep It Cleaner. It actually has 20-minute workouts, so boxing, weights, hip kind of workouts, plus meditation, yoga, Pilates, etc., which is just great to have at the moment. Um, and what I like about it as well is I'm a bit at the older demographic, uh, our older target market, I guess, but my teenage daughters are at the younger uh, demographic for it so we can all work out in the lounge room together while How we're home. <laughs> I love it. So it's great. And there's um, menu plans as well. Um, there's quite a bit there. So I'm loving it at the moment. Fantastic. And I still can't think of my favourite thing. So let's just crack on with uh, with talking to you, Susie, because I um, I can't wait to have this conversation. And in fact, how about I just call this my favourite thing at the, the moment? And that is um, financial literacy. 
and mm-hmm. understanding um, the key numbers of, of your personal finance as well as your business finance. Okay, because... I've got to stop you, Jane. I have. Who are you? I know. <laughs> Who are you? Oh, it is so you didn't even empowering. To say the word accountant when we started this um, this podcast. Like, I know. Like, know who what one does and then also having your own financial literacy i'm so proud of you (laughs) (laughs) well i it was because we'd actually gone into um see the team at morgan's the other day and when we sat there and had the the conversation my husband and i sat there and had the conversation you know while we're going through all the the considerations i was like do you know what I actually know my stuff. I'm yeah. like, I'm across this. I know my super levels. And I'm the one going, oh, Kev, what about this? And what about, and yeah, Kev actually, in all honesty, is far more across this than, than I am. I'm just um, probably faster to butt in with my big, loud voice <laughs> and probably oh, a no. bit proud of, hey, I know the answer to this. Yeah. Um, and Kev very sweetly lets me, you know, bumble through it, probably only giving half the right answers, but, you know, at least there's half there. Um, but it's it's when you kind of, I guess there's such security that, that sits with you, within you and assuredness and confidence when you kind of go, oh, okay, I get this stuff. You don't have to know the complicated stuff, but... But you do, it, it does give you some sort of assurance when you when you are able to, to understand some of the key concepts. And even, you know, Stace mentioned that we're in this crazy time of coronavirus at the moment, which is which is likely to, to last for a couple of months um, and still be going once this episode is is aired. Uh, but even when you're watching the news and what's happening to the financial markets and, you know, to the economies and all of those sorts of things, again, I don't have the in-depth understanding but I do have a general understanding of the um you know the concepts and the context behind a lot of what's being reported so so without uh without further ado Susie tell us about your yourself if you can tell us a story that illustrates why you do what you do I'm pretty sure people will get a really good understanding of of of, uh, what a financial advisor does what your role is Sure. I can actually, I don't know if I can stop at one story, Jane. I might have to tell you a few. But first of all, what incredible timing to have this conversation today. Firstly, I said to you, I'm losing my voice. I'm not sick, but I've spent the last couple of weeks on the phone to clients, just communicating with them. They're not calling me. They're not so worried about what's going on. I'm calling them just to have the conversation to say, how are you feeling? what's happening with you, and then bring it back to talk about their financial situation and that we've, we've got it, you know, we've structured their portfolio for what they need at the moment and also longer term. So, yes, these market movements happen, but our conversations are more to give them that kind of reassurance that someone is looking after them and that they know what's going on as well. Yeah. Uh, so probably every few minutes I'll look away to the side. I'm actually just looking at what the market's doing while we're chatting, which is a bit unusual, I'm sure. But a few stories about what I do. Okay, so at the moment I'm working with some clients and they're in their 20s, which isn't normally the target market so far I work with. And it's a brother and sister and their mother died last year. Their father died when they were younger. And we're working through um, what they want out of life, uh, 
what their mother would have wanted their life to look like with her not here. Yes, they've got the funds there. She's left them quite well provided for, but it's a case of them looking at a lot of different things in terms of whether they want to study, whether they want to um, travel, um, what they're going to be doing work-wise, and then the next step is actually investing their funds for wow. them. So that's an illustration, but in some respects, it's it's not just uh, a professional relationship. I'm sitting there thinking, if they were my children, yeah. what would be the best thing to do yes. with their funds? So that's a, a recent example. It's a great example. Uh, a lot of stories about what I do um, relate still to people approaching retirement and people when they actually do retire because it's a great unknown. They've had yes. their superannuation sitting there for years and then suddenly it's, where do I get my income stream in retirement? How does Centrelink work if I'm entitled to it? How does the tax work? How do I minimise the tax? So an example is a nurse, a retired nurse who worked in Sydney, a single woman, so never had the support of her partner, uh, that I started working with a couple of years ago. And she was... She wanted to retire. She just didn't think she had the money to actually do it. She had an investment property up here in Port, loves Port Macquarie, wanted to move up here. And over a period of time, six months of us meeting, etc., I said, you know what? You've got enough money. Do it. Yeah. And she, off the back of that, but she just, she just didn't have the confidence and she yes. had no idea before we were actually having these conversations. So she has retired. She's loving life. She's got plenty of money, even with the current market crisis, etc. Wow. And, yeah. And we have a great relationship. I was expecting her to be one that was potentially a little bit worried about the markets at the moment. But no, she understands that she's still got plenty of money in cash in terms of deposits to keep paying her income for the next 10 years. Well, markets recover. So that that's the kind of thing. Yeah. Jane. Yeah, so I'm get, so I'm getting from that is from mm -hmm. that from those stories, which were excellent examples. Um, you kind of work with your your clients to kind of talk through, okay, where are we now? Where do we want to be? Um, and financially, how can we put a pathway in place, or how can I help you to put a pathway in place to for you to be able to to get there? And obviously, you know, when you're twenty. Or so, um, and you've had a financial windfall. You know that's one circumstance, but I, I imagine that there's plenty of people who don't necessarily start thinking about that retirement piece um, until well, it doesn't become a priority, I guess, until it does. You know, until yeah. you're, you know, I don't know what the what the what age the tipping point is is where someone suddenly goes, oh my goodness, you know, I've got ten years of working left. Um, you know, how am I going with those retirement funds? And one of the conversations that I had with one of the guys from Morgan's the other day was um, the statistics around how we're living for a lot longer now. So, mm -hmm. and one of the statistics that they said was that we actually live now longer in retirement than we did in our employment life. Mm -hmm. So, Whilst, you know, a lot of us are stuck in this, okay, we have this massive chunk of our life where we're actually wor working and earning an income. Now, because the prolonging of life through medicine and, you know, living conditions, et cetera, et cetera, we've got 
this huge chunk of our life where we're not earning an income. And if I imagine if you mm -hmm. kind of wait until you're 60 to save for the next 40 years, potentially 30 years of your life where you don't have an income, things can be too late. So on one hand, that sounds to me like awesome, like yes, <laughs> so much time. But then on the other side, it scares the living daylights out of me because you've really got to make sure that you're prepared, right? Yeah, that's exactly, Stace. And I guess what happens, Jan, you were talking about when people actually start to think, oh, how much time do I have left? It's, it's generally in their 50s. Yeah. And I would say late 50s, a lot of yeah. people, and then in their 60s as well. And some of the stats around there is um, if you reach 65, if you're a husband and a wife, um, a female life expectancy from there for a female is, is about 87. For a male, it's about 80, 84, 85 or so. So it's um, now, however, though, one of those couples is going to live um, until they're 93 also so that just puts some perspective around wow. it yeah look it's more it's more the thinking about it and um you may have priorities when you're younger and of course you do in terms of mortgages you know the expenses with kids a really important thing when you're younger is in terms of protecting your wealth making sure you've got adequate insurances in place etc but something to always keep in the back of your mind is that thinking about when do you want to retire, how much income you might need in retirement, what kind of lifestyle you want, and start having the conversation with someone or start educating yourself. So it's what you're saying, Jane, in terms of financial literacy. Yeah. Either speak to someone or read, read a book or do something about it just to increase that level of knowledge. Yeah. yeah. So, so say for women. I, yes. Yeah. Go. Yeah. I, I was going to say it's 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 an interesting circumstance for women as well because yeah. their circumstances are unique as women, yeah. and a different circumstance than than men. Perhaps. Uh, do you want me to keep going with that, or do you want to lead in? Yeah, yeah, look, definitely I do want to come back to that because I think, as you said, you know, we, and obviously the, the obvious one there is that, you know, for some women, if they choose to actually take um, some time out of the workforce, you know, they're going to be looking at lower superannuation um, balances and perhaps, you know, look at the, the different levels of insurance that they have in place. So they might be underinsured depending on their, their circumstances. So we will look into that. Um, I guess, you know, I guess one of the questions is, so say, for example, if like myself or, or someone who's in their kind of 30s or 40s um, mm -hmm. comes to you at this stage and goes, oh, goodness, okay, that stat around the fact that we live for longer than we do, you know, in our, in our working life, what do I need to do? Like what are some of the things, what are some of the actual day-to-day -day activities? Once you've actually kind of sat down with them and, and mm -hmm. put their strategy in place, what are some of the day-to-day -day activities or some of the doings that you do to, to kind of help them put them on the right path? Yeah, sure. And it depends on what circumstance those particular clients are in their 30s and 40s. But some of the things you'd look at doing is, first of all, debt management, like right. looking at that debt, 
is it efficient? Is it tax efficient if it isn't? So putting something in terms of um, some kind of plan around reducing their debt. Um, the other thing, we look at it before we put the strategies in place, Jane, that's where we look at the wider position. So we look at their cash flow and often it comes down to cash flow, yeah. not how much they're earning. But, yeah. you know, what, what basically um, some of the, you know, people I've seen don't necessarily have the highest incomes. It's actually in terms of what kind of surplus cash flow they've got. So what expense, you know, after they've their, their expenses. So we look at the bigger picture and where their funds are. So they might have surplus cash flow. And the question is, well, what do you do with it? One is you can repay debt. One is you can, you know, put more funds into super. One is you can start your own investments, whether that be an investment property or an investment portfolio, etc. And then there's other considerations in there which are, well, what does life look like to them? If they want to retire early, then we'd be looking more at investments outside potentially, then pushing up their superannuation as much if they intend retiring early. Yeah. Or their tax position. If they're in a tax position where they want to minimise tax and they want to increase their um, assets over time, potentially they're a candidate for borrowing funds to invest. Yes. You know, so there's a lot of considerations, but it's not just it's looking at their overall financial situation, but also what they see in the future. Yeah. You know, when they want to retire, what, what the job situation is like, if they need to take time out to study, etc. And that's what we look at and it's people then we come back to, okay, these are your potential strategies, these are your options. If you do it this way, it's a trade-off, you yeah. know, so these are the negatives and going through that process with someone. Yes. And then the next step is if they should have investments or their superannuation should be invested in a particular way, then it's that ongoing relationship in terms of actually managing those funds for them yeah, yeah. And I yeah. think that relationship is important because for so many people what you're talking about is beyond their sphere of understanding and yeah. it's something that they've spent time you know studying or really looking into until you know push comes to shove so knowing that stepping into that realm you will have somebody that is that is in charge of managing that and in charge of that not in charge of that relationship, but that is going to nurture that relationship with you so that you don't feel like you're kind of behind the eight ball and you don't feel a bit silly for not knowing the answers to the questions. That's super important, especially for women, I think, who may not have had to make those big financial decisions before. Mm. What are some of the lessons, Susie, that you have learnt both personally and professionally in, in your role as a financial planner? Yeah, sure, Stace. And Something um, you just mentioned then, you talked about not having that knowledge. And one of the things I always try to do with my clients is, is give them knowledge, educate them. It's like you being like a teacher over time. Yeah. Then they make their own decisions in relation to their own financial situation. That's but if right. you give them that knowledge. Now, in terms of what I've learned over time, now this is going to be very boring and it's something <laughs> I mentioned previously, is cash flow is king. Yeah. So um, it's not how much someone earns, like I said, it's effective use of that income. And so going back to basics, and I know it's, it's boring, but sometimes that's something that's very important. Now, often 
we can't sit there with someone and sit through and go through a budget or go through their bank statements, etc. That is something I would love to see in this country where people have more financial literacy that they actually do that kind of thing themselves. Yeah. In in terms of, you know, making sure they surplus cash flow or what they can use for their future goals is, yeah, is, yeah they have more. Um, so that's one thing in terms of the question... Um, uh, I think yes, Stace was around what I've learned. Okay, so cash flow is king. Another thing that I've, oh, there's so many things professionally, but the other thing is, I guess, um, more particularly for business um, owners or a professional, what I've learned over time is particularly with my client base, don't rush it. Um, where I find the majority of my referrals come from now is actually existing clients or other professionals, uh, accountants, solicitors, etc. And my biggest thing with that is with other professionals or other business owners going out there is don't don't rush those relationships. And also, you know, make sure you're doing everything right, and then the business will come basically. So, what That's do you what mean by say. don't rush the relationships with who? With with your the person that you partner with for your financial advice or or don't don't rush what um don't don't take on too many clients at one time for example and that's a capacity issue which is a whole nother conversation in the financial planning industry at the moment because i think what's going to happen is there won't actually be enough financial planners around at some stage for the amount of people in australia that want advice but my point with it is um just make sure you've got capacity to serve the clients you do have because you want them to be very strong relationships with the clients you do have and yeah, you right. want to be available to them, etc. Or make sure your processes are right. So, you know, yeah, that before you're not letting people you bring down. on. Yeah, exactly. So that's like a career tip for people, like in terms of in your position um, or in any position, like Just that would be very position. relevant to, to, to my role as as well. Let's hit on some of those issues that are um, pertinent to women. And, and look, superannuation, mm-hmm. I'm going to go there because I've had conversations and not judging at all here, but I've had conversations with some people, um, some women who are, you know, like, oh, you know, yeah, I, I don't even know how much super I've got or um, I, I, my super balance is, you know, $5,000 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they don't seem to be too concerned about it. It's almost like a, because they're in that kind of 30s, 40s. And, and whether yeah. it's because they, they just really haven't had the chance to think about it or whether it's because sometimes, Susie, this is really confronting information for mm-hmm. people to think about, particularly if they feel like they're behind the eight ball. And I think, you know, that's something that's probably kept my head out of cash flows and budgets and all that sort of stuff because sometimes I just don't want to confront the reality. You know, I would rather mm-hmm. just, you know, continue on in the very, you know, happy space of, oh, you know, just keeps going to be right. I'll just send more yeah. money. I've got plenty as, of time. As we were talking, yeah. I was just checking my super balance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I, I danced when I first left school, so I, I wasn't thinking about superannuation when I was travelling the world being a dancer. And then, you know, that's what changed jobs in my 20s. It wasn't until I met Heath and he was like, let's talk about this superannuation situation. I was like, what situation? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's really easy to stick your head in the sand, isn't it? It, it? it really is. And particularly, I guess, if you are a female that has maybe had a disjointed kind of career due to, um, you know, taking time out for raising kids um, or just, you know, mm. moving, you know, moving from job to job or maybe starting up your own business. And if you're a sole trader, I don't think you necessarily have to contribute um, superannuation. Yeah. It's, only, it's only when you actually register as a company that you're, you're forced to do that. So, um, and again, you know, absolutely no judgment here, but can you just talk us through some of the, the superannuation recommendations you have for, for females? Okay. Where to start? Where to start? <laughs> Okay, so one of those things you said was very important is women have more time out of the workforce, raising children, etc. So what the government's actually done is they've put some measures in place to make it um, easier for women to get more funds into super. Um, I'll say a couple of them, but, you know, it, it, talk to someone about that, yeah. whether that be your accountant, whether that be a financial advisor or Google it. So some of the um, measures they put in place are catch-up concessional contributions. So if you're not working for a period of time, you can actually keep some of your superannuation limit capacity and be able to put more money into super when you're actually able to. Uh, there's such things as spouse contributions where your spouse can put some funds into super for you, etc. So there are those kind of measures. I would say it goes back to, as Stacey was saying, make sure you know where your super is. If you think there's some super that you've got that's unaccounted for, you can just Google lost super. You can go to um, just lost super through the um, ATO and actually find, put your tax file number in, see if you've got any super anywhere. But the important thing is see where you've got your super um, fund, check um, how it's invested, check what what your fees are so that's the most important things to do um, if you've got more than one fund um, there are considerations in terms of whether you should roll them over to one fund it's generally more cost effective to do that yeah. but you have to consider other things like if you have insurances already in either of those funds so it does start to become more complicated um, but there's some of the um, the first steps you can take yeah yeah. The other thing is, an important one is um, in a relationship breakdown, in yes. a divorce or, yes. or a relationship breakdown, between de facto is super is actually an asset as part of the asset pool as well. So make sure that that's taken into account when you're getting legal advice, etc. Make sure that you're aware of where your partner's super is and yes. a bit of an idea of their balance as well. So if the worst thing happened in that, you know, you're in that situation, you are aware because settlements, um, yeah, superannuation is part of the asset pool. Yeah, I yeah. think that's such a good point. Um, the other thing as well, and this is just an interesting thing in this, is more behavioural economics and differences between men and women. But women tend to invest more conservatively than men and that's just something to watch to make sure you're not doing that just because of your innate instinct to be more conservative mm, as a woman. Interesting. On the flip side, though, 
the studies that I've read, and I love these studies because I am a portfolio manager as well and I've managed money for a long, long time, is women uh, portfolio managers tend to outperform men oh. over a long period of time. And wow. I can, yeah, I can even find one of those studies and put it on and, you know, send that through to you. Yeah, like. please do. We can include it in the show notes. Yeah. So there's some interesting things, but it comes back to take your own responsibility. No yep. one's going to come along. There's, there isn't a super fairy. If you need to. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 I think that needs to be the, the title. It's the same thing as no one rings the bell at the top of the market or the bottom of the market. You have to take your own responsibility in terms of where your super is and, and um, there are measures to improve your own financial literacy, etc., including um, going to see if a, financial, uh, a financial advisor. Yeah. What about under insurance or is there anything else that that people can kind of take away now as a, as a takeaway in terms of starting to think, you know, even if you're not at a point where you're convinced that you need to go and see a, a, a financial advisor or, or put a physical measure in place, what other things should people be thinking about in terms of planning for retirement but also when it comes to money management? Okay, sure. So one story I didn't tell at the beginning but it's one that is very important to me is I have clients who are very high income earning clients but they also still have school fees to pay over the next four years of $240,000. Now, wow. um, an important thing with them was putting their insurances in place including income protection, good quality income protection. Now, I... I will never forget my client calling me when he'd just been for a test, a prostate cancer test, and he actually had raised levels in his test, and him calling me because we'd gone through quite a process to get those insurances in place, and him calling me saying, thank God, thank God. Yeah. I know that in the end, it's fine, he doesn't, but it was just that his initial... Yeah, reassurances, family's going to be okay. So talking about insurance as women, and what we tend to do is we tend to put everyone else's needs before our own. That's, yeah. that's usual. And we always think everyone else is more important too. Okay, let's yeah. make sure our spouse is insured if something happened to him. Yeah. The really important thing is, and I've seen this happen, is if the woman in the family... And I, I will, I would punch the desk, but you told me not to make too much noise. <laughs> so touch wood, for example, had breast cancer or something like that. The ramifications, you know, she might, she might not at work. She might only have part-time work, but the ramifications in terms of not being able to care for the children for a yeah. period of time, spouse not being able to work, et cetera, et cetera. So make sure you look at your insurance position make sure your dependents are well looked after, but make sure you, you yourself are looked after. So yeah. income protection, trauma insurance, et cetera. So very important to have a look at what insurances you've got in super and also outside and yeah. consider that, yeah. That's, yeah. That's and, and even if you don't talk to a financial planner, you can talk to your super fund directly. They, most of them have calculators online where you yeah. can go in and work out how much insurance you may need 
and yeah. you can talk directly to your super fund about increasing those levels of insurance. Yeah, yeah. I was just texting my husband, Susie, as you were talking because I realised <laughs> that we haven't had that discussion with our financial planner since before the kids were born. Yeah. And, I, and my business was in a completely different place then. Yeah. I yeah. had time off and, you know, changes and you know, the business is now running in the company. Like there's, all, there's so many variables. I'm freaking out as I'm listening to you, <laughs> but I'm also very grateful for the information. You know what I mean? Yes. He's yeah. With his next patient and see the 15 texts I've sent him. And like, what on earth is going on? <laughs> Where oh, is that's she? Been what thinking she about doing? it. And that's the big thing, Stace. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and well, that'll, that'll spark those discussions as well. So thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. And, and on that, you know, again, if, if someone's not kind of ready to go down the financial advice path or might not have an accountant that they've got kind of an advisory relationship with, do you have any kind of resources that we can give to our listeners in terms of, you know, helpful podcasts or books or, you know, what would you recommend that people start reading to just find out a little bit more about um you know their financial or increase their financial literacy basically yeah sure so there's a few things i won't talk about who i work for particularly i can have a brief talk about what we've got available at the end but in terms of increasing your financial literacy now scott pape and i know you've read this jane the barefoot investor some people love him some people some people don't, including yeah. some financial advisors. Look, I think he does a great job at engaging people and I think he does a great job at getting people to start talking about and considering their own circumstances. So if anyone hasn't read that, I'd say it'd be the first step. As Stace said earlier, it does get complicated though and it does get complicated and at that stage you should be talking to someone else, but I would say that's a great first step. Yeah. Um, Another person that I've said to some people to read as a woman, and I think you've read this as well, Jane, is Melissa Brown, Un-F-something-C-K, your finances. <laughs> I've got that in front of me. And, look, I've read both of those myself, and I'll tell you something. In terms of cash flow, the Barefoot Investor is great because I used to sit there with people and draw little diagrams around, try to only spend 30% of expenses or this and that etc. Now I say read the Barefoot Investor for those absolute basics. Yeah. From there you can move. The other thing I would say is there's often um, there's Facebook kind of groups. I guess um, there's one called um, She's on the Money. I think that's it. She's yeah. She's on the Money. That's that's a good one to have a look at. Um, there's also Melissa Brown on Instagram in terms of um, more money for shoes, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, there's also, well, they're quite old now, but some of the old Noel Whitaker books, etc. but just something in terms of basic kind of financial management is a good idea. We have some guides through Morgan's, which I think are outstanding, called Your 20s and Your 20s, Your Guide to Financial Independence. We have one for in your 30s and 40s guide to financial independence and we've also got one um, for people that are closer to retiring as well. So I can make those available to you, Jane. To yeah, that would be great. Yeah. As well. Yeah, that's awesome. That sounds like a, um, a great diversity of 
books and podcasts and um, and papers that 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 we can put notes and links in the the show notes too. So that's brilliant. What about if people do want to get in contact with um, you or find out more information about what a financial planner does, particularly with with Morgan's, you work for Morgan's in, in Port Macquarie. Where can they get in contact with, with you or follow some of the advice that, that you share, Susie? Uh, sure. So we've got a Facebook page, um, Morgan's Port Macquarie. Uh, we've also got, uh, we're on LinkedIn as well. You can find me on LinkedIn or you can find Morgan's Port Macquarie on LinkedIn, Jane. We've also got an Instagram page. Uh, our webpage is a good first step for people as well, which is www.morgans.com.au and um, that would be what I would suggest. Once you're on our um, webpage, you can actually search me and find my details and contact me through that. Yeah, Yeah. awesome. Thank you so much, Susie. This has been great. (laughs) I know. I'm sitting here shaking my head just going, this is so good. This This is the information that I think as particularly as females, we need to have this front of mind because, you know, potentially if our, if our partners aren't driving this activity and nobody's driving this activity, you know, now's our chance to kind of get in there and um, make this happen for our families or for ourselves or, or whoever you need to, to be thinking about for now yeah, and in the I, future. Exactly. I think that's the biggest takeaway. It doesn't matter what stage of life you're at. It's something that um, if you can get yourself well read and get it get a handle on it yourself and then speak to somebody who can help you out and and you know build that relationship that's super important and can i just say one more tip for female business owners yes keep keep your business finances separate from your personal finances and i see that too much where it doesn't happen enough so that would be my last tip Oh, good yes good good tip thank you susie that's been amazing You've been listening to Miss Bossy Boots. You can find us on Facebook at the Miss Bossy Boots group. We appreciate you listening. If you would like to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, that would be lovely. We'd love to hear your biggest takeaway from today's episode or any of the episodes that you love. Thank you so much, ladies, for joining us. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 